Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition podcast today we have a fantastic episode covering all things competition nutrition it is competition season in the functional fitness world and uh, what we have is a really practical guide a rundown of how to structure your nutrition leading into the into the competition how to kind of navigate the weekend or, or the day to ensure that you are performing at your best and who better than mr luke hall to jump on and give us some insight. Luki, you've been at competitions. You done, what was the last competition you've been to? Oh, I mean, the last proper one was probably Sid. Um, don't know if you know those local throwdowns, that kind of stuff as well, but I'd yeah. say Sid was probably the last big proper one. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's a little bit different because you're in a 12-person team, so you can hide, yes. but the principles around fueling still the same, still very much applicable. Yeah, I, I hid in the swimming pool. I think last time I did that, just did yeah. the little, did the swim and a few bits, a bit of skipping, and that was me. And it's all the heavy lifting to everyone else. Right, let's get let's get into it. So, I think the first thing we want to be focusing on a competition is not actually around the weekend. Is what you do away from it, and the importance of replication. So when we when we talk about replication, we mean practicing the snacks, the meals, and the, and potentially the timings that you eat these. In your training sessions, like we, you know, most of the time the the workouts won't be too dissimilar to some of the stuff that you do in training. And what you can try to do is figure out when you feel good, you know, like what works for you. So that's practicing your pre-workout snack. And so whether that's that kind of 30 minutes, whether that's 90 minutes before your workout, what you eat on the morning of your training session. Um, so you've got to be thinking about like, you know, where everyone's had that kind of golden session where they feel great. You know, and they, you know, they, they, they crush their training session is trying to have that awareness. When that happened, write down, like note down what you ate, when you ate, because that's something that then you can kind of transition into your competition weekend because your body knows it, you feel good, and you know that it's going to help you to kind of, you know, have a lot of energy. So 
this is this is the kind of thing that you need to be doing away from the competition. Don't be doing it in the week of, you know, just kind of just practicing everything two days before the competition. So trying to figure out a little bit of a kind of some go-to snacks, go-to meals, and just you know figuring out. Sometimes they uh, release the workouts as well. Uh, I know that they do that with a lot of competitions now. So you can you can replicate the workouts. You can practice certain elements of this. And this is, again, the time where you want to be doing exactly the same with your nutrition. So it would be an ideal scenario. Three, four weeks out, two weeks out, you know, try to maybe even get a bit of a weekend where you maybe do back-to-back workouts and just replicate it. But if not, just use it in your training sessions and try to, you know, figure out and have a little bit of a list. So when you do your shopping before the competition, you know exactly what you're going to, to get and you can start to kind of formulate a bit of a plan. So big thing, replicate. And we are going to be talking about supplements, uh, you know, later on. Uh, but again, it's a similar thing, you know, similar thing to kind of uh, replicate the supplements, take these, practice these away from the week leading into the competition. Um, just to jump ahead, actually, Luki, did, did you, what, what, do you, what supplements were you taking leading into competition? Did you change anything up in your normal reg- regime? Uh, only sort of one change that I made in my normal regime was beta alanine. That's something that I cycle kind of throughout the year based on competition as opposed to taking year round. Obviously, there's supplements that I'll take year round, the big ones being creatine and omega 3s. Um, and for competition, just kind of four weeks out from competition, I'll start taking beta alanine basically just to nice. keep that topped up, keep those uh, levels of carnosine topped up in the muscle as well to get the benefit when it comes around to competition as well. Yeah. Did you use nitrates at all? I didn't for SIDS. Nitrates are something that I still think are very useful. Uh, they're ones where you can kind of still get the acute benefit as well. So it's not even necessarily one of yeah. topping up in those weeks before, but practicing, like Liam sort of said there, with practicing what foods you're going to be going for. Same thing with practicing with supplements as well. So even caffeine as well. Let's bring that into discussion. Caffeine's something that works. And in competition setting, practicing the amount of dose that you're going to be using maybe some people might even want to be given sodium bicarbonate to try that kind of stuff as well um given that a test run before in those circumstances to make sure there's not any gut upset or anything like that i think super key and i think with nitrates that's a bit of a crucial one as well because most the most kind of common dose of nitrates comes from like beet concentrated beetroot juice realistically that's where most people are sort of getting it from and that can cause a little bit of gut upset too so practicing with that I say potentially something that you can do by increasing your nitrate consumption by just increasing nitrate-rich foods in the weeks yeah. leading up to competition as well. That could be yeah. a slightly easier, less cost uh, risk or less expensive way to do it as well. Yeah. And yeah. it can be a little bit friendly on the gut, that sort of stuff. Okay, good, good advice. Uh, let's say the supplementation is something that you have to be a little bit proactive with beta alanine yep. will work and help you with your fit- functional fitness uh, performance. Same as creatine, same as nitrates, same as caffeine. Uh, and it's for me that, that that's something that you can kind of say three, four weeks out, start to include these, be consistent with them, and you're probably going to reap the benefits. Uh, so yeah, maybe try this. If you are going to use utilize any gels or car powders as well, this is the importance of that replication. You know, figure this out, like find the gel that works for you, find a car powder such as a cyclic dextrin that works for you and you don't feel sick or bloated or anything else with it so again try to try to be a little bit more proactive with it and uh, you're gonna you're gonna reap the reap the rewards so kind of lean into the week now so you know coming in for that the seven days beforehand what are the key points that we need to focus on luke 
that big one, the big C word that everyone always brings up in competition, Ooh. carbohydrates. Carbohydrates, not that C word, Liam, this is a family. I was talking about competition. I was talking about competition. Oh, okay. I was the C word. <laughs> the C word is carbohydrates that I'm thinking of. Uh, and it kind of week leading up to competition, it's one of those where kind of gradually taking your carbs up each day can be a nice, easy way to carb load. Thinking about competitions in terms of CrossFit, obviously, they're not necessarily going to be as uh, intense as, say, ultra-endurance, as, yeah. as intense as, say, you're running a marathon the next day. So there's potentially not a huge need to go for that full 10 grams of carbs per kilo body weight in the couple of days before, but just bumping that intake up each day on the week by sort of, you know, maybe 30 grams one day, 50 grams the next day, that kind of thing, so that you are increasing your carb intake a little bit. You're getting a bump on the glycogen source. I do still think doing a little bit of carb loading in the day before, maybe not that sort of higher end of that seven to 10 grams window, but having seven grams of carb per kilo body weight, something like that could be a useful thing to do. Um, But it's about doing it in a way that is as easy as possible. It's not going to cause as much gut upset that you're going to kind of be prepped for as well. And this is something that potentially it could be worth prepping at another point as well. Uh, works with the guys that go to the games and semifinals and stuff like that will always have a not just a simulation weekend but a simulation week as well where it's like okay we know what strategies we're going to do leading up to the competition as well as in that simulation weekend uh, yeah it's one of those where some people will also keep training all the way through at that super high intensity uh, until the competition on the next day sort of thing so say you're competing saturday sunday You've still got people hitting wads or hitting super long pieces on a Friday and calling it active recovery that kind of thing where they haven't really changed a huge amount of carb intake as well. They're doing active recovery. I'm doing quotation marks on a visual medium, on an audible medium even. Uh, and they're just not going to get the benefits from that bump yeah. up in carbs. Yeah, they, they, they often, the wording is, I, I don't want to not train and feel stiff on the day. So like they just continue to train really, really hard. And yeah, it's a, a mismatch their energy output to their intake. And then they wonder why they're running on fumes by two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday or Sunday. I think, let's say that there's multiple ways to, to carb load. And I think there's suboptimal ways, let's say just overtraining in the week or training as you would normally do to a high intensity and not changing your intake and then just shoveling a ton of carbohydrates in you Friday night before a Saturday comp is, is suboptimal way. The, the replication week is a fantastic thing that you do with the athletes. I think that's absolutely superb. And then, like I say, just drip feeding the, the carbohydrates across the week is, is such a sensible strategy that isn't going to change your nutrition plan too much. If you want, really, you know, like that's probably more for the more competitive people that do it regularly. If this is your first competition or if this is your, like, you know, just one that you're doing for a little bit of, little bit of fun, all I would suggest that you do is just taper your training. So maybe drop one of your training sessions in the week or potentially kind of scales a couple of the workouts on like Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. And then, but just eat to your normal training day calories. Okay, so just eat as you would normally do. So snack like you would normally do. Eat a little bit more carbohydrates so you would normally do on a training day. And then your natural kind of drop in energy output, if you keep your intake high enough, you are going to then effectively carbohydrate load because you dropped your output and you don't even have to change what you normally do. You don't have to add anything else in. You don't have to do anything new that your body isn't unaccustomed to, but you're still going to then turn up on that weekend with higher glycogen stores than you normally would because you dropped your output and kept your intake to a level. So 
for for beginners or people that don't do that many competitions, that's probably a sensible strategy that we advise. Something that we map out in the competition nutrition guide that we have, and it's just an easy thing to do. You know, it's not too much of a change. You don't have to weigh anything, do anything, change anything. So, I think there's two different strategies there. Like, say, the more competitive ones, if you, you know, the more competitive that you are, and the more competitions you do, you're probably going to want to dial your nutrition in a little bit more to, to to kind of keep pushing yourself. So, like Luke's strategy there of starting on that Tuesday and Wednesday and drip feeding, uh, I think is is definitely something that you need to be doing. Uh, but I think, let's say, allaying any fears that you need to be shoveling 10 grams of carbohydrates into your body <laughs> from from Tuesday to Wednesday onwards, probably not going to be needed. Uh, but like you say, that, that little kind of Friday bump or Thursday bump, especially, like you said, like going up to a kind of six, seven grams, I think that that's probably more important if you're going to be doing a two or three day competition. Yeah. Like if you're doing a one day, you know, potentially even a pairs competition, like I just don't think it's needed. You know, I think you're going to, you're going to be fine. But if you are doing like a turf games or, you know, national fitness games where it might be a two or three days and you're in a more competitive category, then I, I do think that, like you say, being a bit more proactive with it is probably going to help you. So hopefully there's a couple of strategies there and you can pitch yourself in terms of where your level of competition experience is. And then how to kind of navigate the week leading into it. But the biggest thing is like, look, don't think that you need to be adding in loads of new foods. Don't be thinking that you need to be having all these weird and wonderful strategies and changing all this supplementation. Like it's more about consistency, you know, making sure that you're probably, what, what I call it is coming down the funnel. When, this, is a, this is a term I use of the footy clubs, you know, leading into games. You know, when you come in down the funnel in that week, you've got to get a little bit more dialed in. Okay, so more consistency, don't miss meals. You know, meal structure is more consistent across the day. You know, it's not about doing something different. It's just about being dialed in on what you, what you should be doing. And I think that's probably something that you can focus on. Uh, so cool. So like there's a couple of strategies that we can kind of utilize leading into the competition. You said about the night before, Luke. Um, I think for me, it's just about eating something that is, you know, something that you enjoy a meal that you enjoy the night before um, and it's just ramping up the portion sizes of it because what we want to do is we don't want to be chasing a nutrition on the day okay so we want to get up on that on that morning and breakfast in my opinion should be a top up okay if you're eating a massive breakfast going oh i need to fuel for the day ahead i think you're you know you're you're too late okay it will help but you aren't be able. You're not going to be able to get enough in your body um, if you've, you know, eaten like a twelve-year-old the whole week and trained like a demon. You're not going to be able to have a big breakfast and and be able to kind of perform at your best. Drip feed breakfast should be a top up. So something that you've eaten before, and maybe it's just an extra addition of some fruit, an extra little bit of carbohydrates, a slightly bigger serving of oats or a bagel or you know whatever. Uh, and I think that that's then. You know, your body knows how to, to kind of process this and deal with this. It's just a little bit extra. So yeah. what's your thoughts on that, mate? Totally agree. I always say uh, on the day, make breakfast something that you've had before countless times before, that kind of thing, where you know that you're not going to get in your head about it. You're not going to be introducing anything new as well. And as long as the work's been done the days before with um, the right mobs and obviously you're making training a little bit to help top up the glycogen stores, then as you say, that breakfast becomes less important and you're not chasing it. So 
keeping it as similar as possible, um, as similar as possible to a normal training day so that mentally you feel in a similar place as possible to a normal training exactly. day as well. Exactly, exactly that. So, you know, a couple of options that we would go through would be, you know, like if you're having, if you have eggs in the morning, like you don't need to be changing this, but make sure you got a little bit of carbohydrates in there. It could be a bagel, it could be some bread, it could be putting them in a wrap. You know, if you're having oats, great. If you're having bagel, again, keep it going. If you're having granola and cereal and yogurt, then and keep that going. But like I say, just having something that your body, that you know that works for you. And this is where if you're traveling for the competition, you need to be a little bit more uh, prepared. Often the case is that we're staying in hotels or we're staying away, you know, in Airbnbs. So this is something that in a couple of days beforehand, you've got to be prepping your food. Okay, you've got to be aware of that on the competition day, don't be relying on the food stalls or, you know, the, 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 the local supermarkets because normally there's going to be a thousand other CrossFitters going to that local Tesco's and buying all of the bagels. Um, I always remember at Sid, we went to Wayne's Waitrose and there was like the bagel section was just like sparse. I think there was just like this like couple of like, you know, yellow labeled bagels left because every single CrossFitter had gone there and just ransacked the peanut butter and bagel section and jam section. So make sure that you're prepared on this. Um, and what you want to be thinking about preparing is a mixture of, let's say your breakfast, you want to have a mixture of larger snacks smaller snacks, liquid-based nutrition, as well as easy-to-consume meals, okay? So the, 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 the kind of principles that we want to be focusing on is carbohydrates, like Luke said, like they are going to be your friend over the weekend. And a little bit of protein, a little bit of fats, but actually kind of minimal fiber and minimal veg. Like you don't need a ton in the day, okay? So you kind of want to be building your, you know, your, meal, your meals and snacks around, like simple things, you know, like, tuna wraps you know chicken wraps bagels overnight oats yogurt smoothies you know like these types of things instead of having like uh, i don't know meatballs and rice and broccoli you know like in, in the day like you know salmon and sweet potato like you don't need that you need something that's really portable that's really easy that you kind of want to eat that is going to be utilized as uh, helping you to to kind of feel that and utilize as energy so like, you know, stuff that we have, like if I give you some examples, like pita bread and hummus and peppers, you've got sushi, tortilla wraps, yogurt, egg wraps, um, like say smoothies. Uh, we've got like, say turkey mints, like, you know, like really kind of lean mints and like rice. Um, if you are going to put veg in there, trying to make it like peppers and, you know, uh, spinach and tomatoes and stuff like that, you know, pasta pestos, things like this are really simple things that you're, you know, that you can kind of make up, prep up really, really easy transport quite simply and you know have on the day don't rely on the food stores because you might be going oh they've got some and so there but then again there's a thousand people there with all the spectators and then all of a sudden the thing that you want is gone or the, the queue is 70 people long and your workout's in an hour and you're you know then you're 18 10 minutes before so don't rely on this take control but have a variety of things okay don't be under prepared because i don't know about the, your, your thoughts on the, this luke all too often I see people underfed and overstimulated. The coffee stall and if you want to make money at a CrossFit event, get a coffee van, isn't it? Because it's, you know, is that a common thing that you see with, with some clients or people that you kind of, you know, compete with? 
Yeah, and I think part of it is kind of almost to do the underfed kind of comes as a byproduct of the overstimulation almost as well. Because if you're firing on all cylinders, we've all done a, a wad where afterwards we just don't want to eat because we feel yeah. the adrenaline's firing a little bit as well. We're not necessarily hungry and people kind of get into that mode in competition where they feel like they can't necessarily eat as well. Uh, and that's why, like Liam said, it's good to have that variety. It's good to have some liquid nutrition there as well um, and having more than you think you'll need so that you can pick and choose almost based on appetite a little bit as well. So we've obviously talked a little bit about simulating and going for the right kind of stuff. But on that day, if you don't want a certain thing because your appetite's gone a little bit weird, you need to have alternatives that you can switch to. Um, and liquid calories are always a really, really good one in that regard as well. Um, yeah, I think they're one that gets massively overlooked. I, I will always have, uh, you know, Zades, I'll have a chalky milk. I'll, I'll also have kind of yeah. a protein shake there as well, just because I know that protein is going to be so sort of sparse in that day because carbs are the focus. Um, yeah. Drinking protein as well as some carbohydrates is easier to do. It's just much easier. Yeah, much easier. Yeah, like the yogurt pouches as well, you know, like mm. get the flavoured ones. They've got a little yeah. bit of carbs in them, you know, like the cliff bars I really like, you know, gels, like you say, carbohydrate powders, chocolate milk you know these types of things yeah like it's nice you want to you want to consume this as opposed to a tuna wrap or something you're like can't can't stomach that the the principles that we work with are like say sometimes you don't want to work eat after workouts but you the reason what you feel heavy and bloated is because you've either eaten too much of the wrong thing or it's too close to your workout so what you want to do is try to map out your day Utilize the smaller snacks, utilize the liquid calories when you've got minimal time in between workouts. Okay. Then in your biggest gap, eat your largest meal. And that doesn't matter where that is. Okay. It could be at 10.45 in the morning. Okay. That you've got a two hour gap. And then after that, you've got back to back workouts like every 45 minutes or an hour. So you're not going to be able to eat some, you know, an actual meal and like some actual real food in that time. Like it's going to be challenging to do. You're then going to want to rely on snacks and bars and, you know, liquid nutrition. So even though it's 1045, I would then, you know, potentially asking people to be kind of eating a wrap or eating some, you know, pasta or rice or whatever, because, you know, you've got to take a bird's eye view of your day. And if you don't do that, then it's probably going to be 435 o'clock before you actually eat something solid and, and proper. So trying to be proactive with it is going to help you across the rest of the day and taking that the largest gap in your day and eating your biggest meal then and Sometimes you've got to eat, you know, it's competition day. Like we don't want to, but sometimes we've got to do it uh, because we know that, that it's going to help. And because they having these different options and building these meals together, I think it's going to be a sensible strategy. So we would always suggest that people have, like say breakfast, we'd have like a sweeter thing, like a, an oats or a yogurt with some cereal. And then we would have like a wrap or a bagel or, or anything else. But then we like say we'd have a range of snacks, a range of liquid based kind of things. And then what you'll then you've got, is a mix and match, pick a mix. So you can kind of make it there. Trying to to make sure that you are going into your workouts feeling fueled, okay? That's the key thing. So you've got to try to be aware of the times between your workouts and when you start to warm up. Okay, we often think that, oh, we're just it's an afterthought, isn't it? Like we, we finish the workout, we don't really, you know, we're, we're talking about how we perform. And then all of a sudden, we've only like 20 minutes before we've got to warm up. So trying to, to, like you say, be proactive with things and not just chase it, get leading into it and think, 
pre-workout you've got to be thinking about taking that bird's eye view and when you can kind of sneak some more energy dense calories in and that's the key thing we want less volume more energy density so like i say these more simple simple foods are going to help you again like we got it all just mapped out well i think we got a lot on our instagram about snacks and competition-based snacks but it's, it's all in our competition nutrition guide where we map out sample days for one day competitions two days three days we've got smaller snacks larger snacks and and one of the things that we put into the guide is that we don't always have to be a snack food like we use sushi a lot in terms of like you know a, a nice kind of actual meal we use cereal like prawn sandwiches bagels falafel you know banana pancakes you know like fruits obviously you know grapes flavored yogurt pots like one of the ones that we used to use was like dark chocolate covered raisins you know like for that just kind of like little bit of sweetness but a little bit of carbohydrates like luke said there chocolate milk and stuff like this yeah things that you're actually going to want to eat rice pudding bots as well we're always quite good ones so don't necessarily think that we again common fault is like protein bars yeah protein bars will be yeah like luke tell us like why why don't we want the kind of grenade or barbell bars on these days because they love shouting about how low carb they are and protein bars more often than not it's protein and it's fats ultimately um, some of them a little bit of carbohydrates in, but they're going to be a lot harder for you to digest and going to be sitting a little bit heavier as well. They're going to be mm. claggy. They're not nice to kind of eat, I think, as well. They're not. I mean, some of them are delicious, but after competition, when you're wanting fuel, um, they're not going to they Yeah, they contain a little bit of energy, but the protein's going to be broken bare. We want carbohydrates and it's going to be harder for your body to digest. You're not going to get the uh, energy as quick as sort of carbohydrates. So. I yeah. always, because you, you do want to obviously get some protein across the day, but like Liam said, yeah. you probably want to be doing that in that biggest space between events and you want to be going for leaner proteins with some carbohydrates as well. So yeah. stuff like Liam said there with sushi, where you're going to be getting a little bit of protein in there, wraps, all those kind of things are just much easier, I think, to consume, easier for the body to digest as well because they're a little bit leaner um, and you get kind of that taste of proper food, which... After yeah. a morning of gels and stuff like that, yeah. you probably want. Absolutely. The principle that I use is to try and bookend your day yeah. um, with protein. Okay, protein and veggies bookend your day. So start your day with protein, a little bit through the day, but then have big bolus dose after your competition. You know, once all of the events are done, that's the time to kind of start that recovery process. So then it flips it on its head. You need protein, you know, more balance. Okay, that's what we want after the competition ends. So like trying to have protein, carbs and fat and veggies, kind of just a nice balanced meal, you know, and that might be something that depending on when you finish, it might be just something that you have your big evening meal and then like kind of a little pre-bed snack or you actually might have the opportunity to eat kind of two meals. So like I might finish at like 3.30, 4 o'clock so you can eat something then and eat something at 7.30, 8 o'clock. So just trying to have that balance across the day. If we were going to do a two-day comp, Luke, what's... What's your kind of process after the after the the first day's finished and kind of leading into the second day? Anything that people need to be aware of? First day finished, uh, kickstart that recovery process as soon as you can. So almost treat it as just a continuation. So you know that after after all the odds that you've probably done on that first day, you've had a little bit of carbs. After this one, you want to have carbs and protein as well. And that wants to be done in the easiest way as possible. So I'd say as soon as the day finishes, um, what I tend to go for is a protein shake and um, something like a bagel with some amount of carbs in. 
I'll tend to go for about 50 grams of carbs, 30 grams of protein as soon as that's kind of finished before an evening meal even. That evening meal, obviously the tendency is always to potentially go out. If the if the competition is away, you're going to go out for a meal. If it's a team competition, you're going out for a meal with your team as well. Um, I would. You obviously want a big feed there, but there's sometimes a tendency to go for some stuff that's pretty fat heavy. So you're going for maybe out for pizza, that kind of stuff. And pizza is actually not a bad one because you're getting plenty of carbohydrates in there uh, as well. But potentially, again, prioritizing carbs, protein, the leaner stuff, having a big feed for sure, um, but yeah. not necessarily filling too much up on fats in that evening because you know you're going again the next day. You know that obviously a high um, a meal high might mess with your digestion a little bit. You're not going to get um, as many carbs out as well. So that would be kind of my advice. I'd then probably yeah. also have a evening snack, a small pre-bed. So it might be a little bowl of cereal, something like that, slice of toast, that kind of thing. Again, just to kind of keep things topped up um, and like Liam said you still kind of want to bookend your day with some veggies as well you want to get good quality nutrient dense foods in there even if you're yeah. going out for a meal with your team um, Nando's is an easy one I think if yeah. people are out and about because you can get tons of carbohydrates obviously tons of protein you can go smart with the sides get some good quality nutrients in there as well yeah Wagamama's is always a good one yeah for me as well you know, like big bowl of noodles, ramen, you've got kind of good broth in there, you know, lots of veggies, good good carbohydrates, a bit of protein in there. Um, you know, I, I like that. I think if you're doing a two-day, you've got to be saving that big kind of blowout meal yeah. till after the competition's done. Because if you try to do it in between, even though you're kind of eating big, you still got to be like, I mean, maybe this isn't the right thing, but eating clean, eating big, but eating cleaner. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can, because... You still, let's say your body is, is still in a state of inflammation. If you're going to kind of, you know, exacerbate that by eating really poor quality food, having some drinks, you know, it's probably not going to be optimal for you going into that day two feeling good. So like Luke said, there's still principles to follow. And if you can just, just curb your, you know, the, 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 you know, real kind of blowout to after the competition is done, I think that's going to be helping you to set up day two and day three. If you don't, you know, again, to, you know, to your advantage. Cool. After the competition is done, obviously, go and do whatever you want on, after the competition, especially if you've done really well, go and celebrate. Like You've put yourself body through a lot. I see often, and I'm going to hold myself, I'm going to hold my hands up. I've done this. I've done strength and depth, the big team one a few times. I've done the pairs one a few times, Inferno pairs. And you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big human being. And uh, I was like, man, I'm, I need to get stronger. I need to get fitter. Like if I'm going to be doing well, this is back in my day when I was a bit younger. So I used to go back into the gym like, a couple of days later and be like, right, I'm just going to crush things. I'm going to start a new program. And often the case is that I, I'm warming up and I can't hit any, barely near any percentages. I feel sluggish, joints hurt, muscles hurt. One time I actually got injured, uh, kind of pulled my groin doing a clean afterwards. Because I rushed it. I didn't realize that the impact of the competition, how much it took on my body, even though I thought, oh, I do more, I do double days, I can handle this. And actually, there's only short work workouts. I think the stress on the nervous system where you're constantly warming up, competing, cooling down, warming up, you know, potentially a lack of sleep, travel, you know, your, your, your food choices aren't necessarily optimal. Um, I think that you need to allow your body time to repair and if you try to jump in too early 
what happens is it could bleed into kind of the suboptimal performance for weeks, I think, sometimes, you know, that you don't really get back to it. You've almost got to get that hunger back to want to train as opposed to thinking that you want to get back in, or you should get back into training sooner than than, the, than you actually want. So just allow that bit of bit of like time away. You know, like for those that are more competitive, you don't need to be sitting on your ass. You can be doing stuff. Just be, don't be potentially doing stuff that's going to cause a lot of muscle damage. So maybe stuff that's more unloaded and slightly lower intensity. How did you feel after some of the competitions that you've done, mate? I mean, yeah, exactly that. I didn't want to train. It was kind of going in the next day because I felt like I should because it was part of my yeah, routine. Yeah, like you should. This happened. Yeah, yeah. Monday morning, I normally hit normally. the 8.30 class Monday morning. Yeah. So I'm going to hit the 8.30 class Monday morning. Um, and it's one of those, I think Sid's a, Sid's a good example, actually, because because you're in that team, like you said, where you're not necessarily doing as much volume as you might be doing other days. You think, ah, I've not done as much volume. I'll go in the next day. But like you said, your CNS is still pride. You're still... Um, yeah you know can increase injury risk there as well as yeah. you proved uh so it's just waiting until you want to train i think like you put it um and you get that kind of fire back is definitely the way to do it yeah with i don't think this necessarily applies to two or three day competitions but lee stables owner crossfit chase miss used to have a, a really nice kind of method or something to kind of focus on if you were doing your first competition was to take to get back into full training for the number of days sorry i didn't explain that very well to take the number of days off that the workouts that you did so if you did like four workouts on saturday you wouldn't train fully until four days later so like you wouldn't train fully till thursday or friday so you can come in but you would do more recovery based you would do more kind of just like mobility you would do a little bit more kind of like lower intensity and then you can hit kind of full training four days so I think that's quite a nice, obviously, when you're going into like two, three days, you know, you're going to be taking like three weeks off. Uh, but I think that's quite a nice thing to focus on that it gives you that kind of structure to be like, okay, actually, if I, if I focus on, if I did three workouts, I'm going to take three days off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, and then come back into to training as opposed to thinking that I feel okay. And I just thought that was quite a nice thing, um, maybe for people that are doing first competitions or not many competitions that, you know, and I think it's just something to, to, to maybe think about. Cool. Like we say, there, there is an increase in terms of illness and, and injury risk, potentially a kind of post competition as well. Like I said, like nervous system is heightened, sympathetic nervous system is, is heightened. Um, cortisol levels are going to be spiked really multiple times across the day. So we do find that illness and injury are slightly higher risk um, and this is where again like quality nutrition is so so important so like you really want to be thinking about nourishing your body in the days afterwards like so lots of like high anti-inflammatory foods lots of berries lots of good fats avocados lots of you know like really good good vegetables as much as you can kind of chuck into your diet you know maybe prioritize a little bit of kind of oily fish more often than you would do you know on your normal diet Get some good dairy in there, good eggs in there as well. So just just trying to focus on some good quality nutrition in the days afterwards was going to really kind of help you get back on track. Um, but yeah, uh, supplementation we did talk about that earlier in the in the uh, in the podcast in the episode. So I think for me there isn't anything that on the day that you need to be taking apart from like say practicing those gels and carbohydrates. Afterwards, you might want to be taking some fish oils, like Luke said there, like he takes them. Other than that, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's anything specific that you need to be kind of adding in. 
uh, for it. I'll just get kind of just try and transition back to your normal routine as quickly as possible, you know, and that's the thing that's going to help you to kind of get back on track. Lovely stuff. Luke, anything else you want to touch on? Anything else that we missed that you think? Yeah, one big one I think that we've missed. Uh, Hydration. 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 I was going to, when you were talking earlier, I was just like, about it, I was like, right, mention hydration after it, and then we went down a rabbit hole. There we go. But hydration is one of those that's super, super key. Uh, I think it's one that gets overlooked a lot of the time as well in competition. Um, Because people, if you're just doing four individual workouts, you think, oh, I'm not going to be losing as much um, water as if you're doing that kind of one long continuous stretch, you know, like ultra endurance or marathons or anything like that. Um, But it definitely adds up and uh, that kind of cramp tightness in the muscles, all those kind of stuff that everybody ends up feeling at the end of kind of competition day. Super, super key to stay on top of. Um, so the way do you use electrolytes? I would, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd use them. I'd potentially preload them though. I don't think there's a huge need throughout the day. There might be, um, but it depends on the heat, that sort of thing. I would probably just say have, um, some electrolytes in the morning and maybe kind of in the evening afterwards as well to replenish. I think in the day, if you know you're prone to cramp, if you're prone to, if you're a very salty sweater, then definitely use them throughout the day as well. Um, but I'd say most people can kind of get away with just preloading and topping up at the end. Uh, I'd, I'd potentially, if it's a huge comp that matters a lot, uh, and you know what the workouts are before as well, I'd potentially even do some sweat tests, some um, yeah. being yourself before and after, see how much how much you're losing across the day, and then just getting pure numbers that you can hit from a hydration perspective uh, to make sure that you're not going to be dehydrated at any point as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. and it's one of those because the the reason that I would suggest sweat tests for these these circumstances are we know that thirst is too slow when you're training at high intensities. Uh, get thirsty too late, basically. That means, uh, and we've lost sort of water and dehydrated. So if you know going in, I'm probably going to lose this much water from sweat in this workout, then I can stay topped up for the day at that amount. Uh, one thing super key there though is treating hydration and fueling separately because some of your liquid fueling is not necessarily going to be conducive to good hydration as well. If it's going to be too high in sugars, that kind of stuff, it's a hypertonic fluid as opposed to hypotonic, then you're not going to be getting the benefits from a hydration perspective as well. Um, which can then mean to lots of trips to the toilet if you're doing both, obviously, but I'd rather that than dehydration, cramp and injury. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think. The principle is, you know, you've got to get up, get hydrated, stay hydrated. Don't think it was enough yeah. thought. And like I say, I think preloading the, the electrolytes is something that, like I say, maybe we only think about that later in the day when we sweated. But actually getting them in early in the morning, I think, is a really sensible strategy, mate. So, yeah, cracking stuff, cracking stuff. And obviously, like I say, depending on where you are, like a lot of the competitions are inside. But if you are doing something that's outside or maybe like something like turf games, which is a little bit more kind of sweatier workouts, less gymnastic-based kind of stuff, uh, so it is more machines, more kind of like, you know, cardio based stuff. So I do think that maybe you're sweating a little bit more. Again, like I say, like I think that's a really good thing to, to encourage people to do if you are a more regular competitor is to dial that side of things in as opposed to just always thinking about the nutrition side or supplementation side. So cracking stuff, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Get it up. Yeah. And, you know, utilizing electrolytes as well throughout the day can actually sometimes, you know, they taste, you know, yeah. nice. So it might encourage you to drink a little bit more. So. You can just pop a little tablet in there or whatever. You'll take, let's say, you know, a sports drink that has some electrolytes in it. Again, it's going to contribute to your hydration level. So 
but yeah, be proactive with it. That's the key thing. Good. I'm glad we I'm glad we wrapped up on that because yeah, I wouldn't have missed hydration. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope that this has been uh, helpful to give you some pointers. As I said, we've got a competition nutrition guide on our website. It's only nine quid, but it lays everything out. You know, it's got everything we spoke about, but in a lot more detail, like more sample examples, sample nutrition plans, recipes, you know, meals, structure, how to kind of like do everything across the day, and all of these key principles that we've spoken about as well, some food lists and what to focus on, what, what to limit, what to avoid, and supplementation protocols as well. So feel free to pop across on that and be in the show notes as well. And yeah, go and crush it. The biggest thing is competition should be fun. Um, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Go and enjoy the day or the days. And, and, you know, make sure that nutrition is, is there to kind of support your training performance. So cool. Lukey, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast again. And uh, guys, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. It, it means a lot to us. Uh, if you can share this, think about how you found the podcast and, and share it to anyone else. If anyone that you're competing with uh, needs a little bit of help with their nutrition so they're not not letting the team down sending this podcast and uh, and let us know how you get on but thanks so much for listening guys and we'll catch you on the next episode hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.